I'm Julia. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, as you all know, I've been asked to stand, as we all are when we're up here, which is difficult because I'm a little shaky this morning. Um, you know, I know all of you. I'm here every week. It's been over a decade. Um, and, you know, I'm shy and introverted by nature, so this is... This is not my comfort zone. Um, so I will just start with, um, you know, this is just my story. Um, I hope there's something in it, something, some nugget for each of you. Um, I famously don't tell people I know when I'm uh, leading, and it's, <laughs> it's funny when friends and sponsors and sponsees show up. Um, so um, I have just celebrated 13 years of abstinence um, from binging and um, laxative use and abuse. And um, believe it or not, I was probably the same size I am now when I walked through these doors. Um, but it was very clear to me that I had um, a mental disorder, an addiction. Um, you know, in years past, I had, I had been 20 pounds heavier. Like, you know, that's the range of my physical issue. Um, but, geez, I was really, really obsessed with myself and how I looked and how you thought I looked and how unattractive I felt and not enough. And, um, you know, I famously didn't eat for as long as possible after waking up because I knew once I started, it would be very difficult to stop. Um, I found out once I hit the rooms, it's because I'm powerless over food. Um, and I've shared before in here that, you know, candy was never really my thing. I'm kind of a savory person, bread and cheese, that kind of stuff. And, um, but when I was a kid, my favorite candy, not because of how it tasted, was that stuff called Fun Dip, because it lasted longer than a candy bar. You know, it took a long time to dip in the sugar, and, you know, and so that's my thing. Like, just, you know, when I, when I would come home from school or come home from work, just eating, um, usually in front of the television, and until I felt terrible, you know, until my stomach felt stretched out and I felt all crampy and bloated. And I thought, you know, I, ha I must have had, had some other health problem. There, you know, there must be something wrong with my stomach or my intestines or, you know, that be because I felt like that every day. Why do I always feel crampy and bloated? And, um, you know, and, and the disease over the years morphed and then I started compulsively exercising and then I started, which for me, 
again, I feel like my version of this is like compulsive overeaters light or something, but it's my story um, and I belong here. Um, Compulsive exercising for me was I had to ride my little stationary bike for a half an hour every day, no matter what. And um, thank God I ditched that thing. Um, and, um, And then, you know, and then I discovered laxatives and I discovered colonics and I've never thrown up for some reason. Um, and so anyway, I knew I had a problem and, um, I guess just for people that, um, maybe it's for people here too, but for people that are listening, um, so I came in at 35 and just in case math is, uh, (laughs) difficult for you, that makes me, um, I'm still 48. Um, Again, you know, I'm now I can say I am slim. (laughs) Can't quite say skinny, but um, I never used to be able to use that word to describe myself. Um, You know, I, I walked in the rooms and someone at my first or second meeting said, what are you doing here? You know, you don't look like you have a problem. And uh, thank God I let that go um, because I was, I knew I had a problem. And I heard my story when all of you shared. Um, And at my very first meeting, I just cried and cried the whole whole meeting, sat in the back and cried (laughs) and then ran out. Um, So... I don't know. I'd rather talk about today, I guess, than than what what it looked like, Um, because you guys all know and you all have your own version of that. Um, So I feel like today I kind of work the steps every day. Um, I get up. I get on my knees. I sometimes just roll onto my knees. I say steps one, two, and three um, about food and my body and compulsive overeating, and then about um, drugs and alcohol, which, by the way, I'm not going to stay on this, but just because other people may have this. um, It took me a decade in this room before I put down drugs and alcohol. You know, you guys saw me when I was using. Um, it takes what it takes. And um, so now two years and change sober. And um, I just keep feeling better about myself. And when I feel better about myself, I'm kinder to all of you. And um, I was talking about the steps. Okay, so... um, I do that. Um, I like to take my time in the morning. I don't like to rush. I like to give myself two hours if possible to, you know, do all the things that I do to prepare to greet the world. Um, And so that includes 10 minutes of meditation now. Um, 
for a decade in here it was three minutes and that still changed my life you know it it really whatever you can do and um, uh, you know and I don't go right into meditation I get up from my knees I do the dishes I like to do the dishes in the morning for some reason Um, I feed the cat I change the litter I do some stretches I, I lay on a foam roller you know like this for a while um, and part of that is for my back and my shoulders and part of that is because I really need to practice opening opening my heart opening my chest uh, I guess for those of you listening uh, my arms are outstretched <laughs> um, and uh, I do some other stretches, I meditate, you know, shower, get dressed, all the stuff. Um, I like to feel at ease. And I've, I've determined this past year that that is really what keeps me here and why I came here. Because I want to feel at ease in the world. I never felt at ease in the world. And, you know, historically, you know, just like closed up and shut down and feeling so vulnerable and having to fight, but not wanting to fight. And so, um, you know, often just cutting and running and hiding at home and not answering the phone and watching TV and eating. Um, And... uh, You know, so now I'm practicing um, being present and being seen and being at ease. And um, I need to keep showing up in order to feel that way. Um, Because my tendency is still to just like, you know, I hope this is coming through on the recording because I'm doing a lot of physical <laughs> movement, but, you know, curving my shoulders in and, you know, crossing my legs and putting, you know, crossing my arms and just shutting down. And um, I find that when I remain open and visible and able to interact with people, um, I feel better. And um, so this is why, even though... It's often difficult. I get up at six or seven every single day, including days. Actually, I probably get up earlier on my days off than I do on my work days. Um, You know, like last Sunday, I really, really didn't want to get out of bed. And I know it's good for me if I get up and go to the farmer's market at 8 a.m., and the reason I like to go right when it opens is because I'm uncomfortable in crowds. And as the day goes on, it gets more and more crowded. And, you know, if, if I'm laying in bed fighting, I got to get up. You know, it's like if I'm fighting, I don't want to go to a meeting. I'm tired. It's only an hour. It, look how much it's helped you. I don't want to. I got to go. I got to go. And so last week I went to the farmer's market and magic happened. I mean, God doesn't always show up for me like like that, but sometimes he, it, whatever really does. 
Um, I tasted a nectarine that was the sweetest thing I'd had in ages. And then as I was picking mine out, I was standing near other people tasting them and smiling and interacting and connecting with people and isn't it good? And, um, and then I went to um, get oysters because I have found that I really enjoy that first thing in the morning. And some random stranger gave me a gardenia from his garden. And it wasn't a flirtatious, creepy move. It was just... <laughs> he had a bag of gardenias and he was giving them to people he felt like giving them to. And he was somebody who I heard talking before I interacted with him and he was loud and talking about like wrestling and I was like, oh, that guy could be attractive, but geez. <laughs> and then we had this lovely interaction and it's like, what do I know? He's a guy who collects gardenias from his garden and brings them to the farmer's market. You know, I... And then, you know, and then we talked and some, something else happened. It was like, it was magical. So um, I got off track of my daily working the steps, but um, uh, my brain, my brain is my problem. You know, it's that thinking problem. And um, I have enough proof now over a decade that if I have the willingness, it really all comes down to willingness to make different choices, um, I can feel better. Um, so um, I'll try to get back to the steps. So I do my thing, I'm powerless, I have a higher power. Um, that keeps growing and evolving and I don't know what the heck I call it God because it's easy um, turn my will of my life over meditate to get more contact with that higher power um, I'm going to stop again because even though medita meditating is maybe step 11 it's also step 3 I think um so when I'm meditating, everything's fine. Everything right here in this moment, I'm okay. Um, and the brain is constantly circling back to all the, all the stuff because that's what the brain does. There's no stopping that ever. That's being human. And if I can just keep going back to whether it's my breath or the sounds I'm currently hearing or the feeling of air on my skin or the feeling of my hands on my lap or whatever it is, I'm okay. And I can physically feel, you know, the mind racing and getting, you know, agitated and then I can feel calm coming in and then maybe I'll go back. But anyway, it's a, it's a really powerful check-in and I believe it helps me throughout my day um, step four so I'm constantly throughout the day looking at um, how I might be judging people example just previous um, how I might be in fear 
which is kind of the root of all my problems. Um, how I might think I'm right, um, which when I did my first fourth step was the biggest thing, self, self-righteousness. Was, that was my number one, um, which is anger, which comes from fear. Um, so checking in regularly about that. Um, turning it over if need be, calling somebody, um, asking God to help because I can't think my way out of, out of those. I don't know about character defects because I think we all have them. Challenges, character challenges maybe. Um, um, And, um, I don't know, I might be glossing over the seven, six, seven. Um, Making amends when I need to, um, which is, I'm not big on just saying I'm sorry. I'm big on consciously trying to change my actions. Thank you. Um, You know, and also telling people, Um, when I've done something I feel is not kind or skillful. Um, You know, and this is all kind of 10th step related. Um, You know, looking at what went well in a day, what I might need some more help with. Um, Meditation and being of service, being of service. So I work in retail, so my job is to be of service. I'm so grateful for that. Um, I don't belittle it at all, despite the fact that I have a college degree. I love working in retail. And um, I get to be very visible there all day. And um, I'm so lucky to have a job that I enjoy, that lets me interact with different people every day. It's interesting. Um, If a bunch of crap is going on in my head, I get to show up and have the day not be about that. Um, What a gift, as opposed to, you know, I used to sit in a cubicle and just like seethe and it was it was awful um, and um, I have a few sponsees um, I talk to two of them every day one of them's more hit and miss um, I called my sponsor pretty much every day um, I go to two OA meetings a week and another meeting in my other program, um, I go to a place to meditate. That's new this year. That's outside help, and it's great help. I have another form of I have another couple forms of outside help as well. Um, I've learned that when I'm having difficulties to ask for help. Um, <sighs> What else? I don't have much time to talk about um, 
what the problems are right now and I guess that's okay because the truth is despite big goings-on in my family um, I'm not just okay right now I'm really good you know I used to just focus on being single and not having any kids and you know not having a house and whatever those particular cash and prizes and um, and so you know so then I was just okay but in the last year I've come around to being like actually really good and um, most of the time really feeling like as I am I'm enough I'm totally enough you can come at me with your beautiful family and your expensive clothes and all and your gorgeousness and all sorts of things and I'm not comparing and despairing and I'm not jealous like I used to be um, I'm actually able to appreciate wow look how neat you are and I'm really neat too and I like this version of neatness I'm really comfortable and happy and that's why I'm here you know the the serenity or I, again I keep saying the the ease you know if I'm if I'm really feeling fear and anger and difficult things coming up I get to remind myself um, there's so many slogans that totally are so helpful as corny as they are I get to remind myself to just take it easy today just take it easy um, you know and and acceptance is the answer to all my problems and helping others to get out of my mire um, you know that's my time um, I will end with um, my favorite uh, James Brown quote outside literature I know um, <laughs> what it is is what it is <laughs> thank you Okay, this is the time for questions only. There is no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any one of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leader are my own and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself uh, because we are being recorded. Please remember, if you ask a question, your voice may be audible on the OA podcast. Um, Tell us about how your spiritual, uh, what your spiritual relationship with prior program, how it's changed and what it is today. Okay. Um, what was my spirituality like before program, how it's changed, what it's like today? So I was raised uh, basically a secular Jew. Um, my parents asked me if I wanted to be bat mitzvahed. Um, I said, no, I don't believe in God. So I didn't even, I didn't even want the cash and prizes. I just was like, I don't believe in God. Um, so when I was a kid, that's where I was. 
there is no God, it's a fairy tale. Um, then I got into college and started doing yoga and started having philosophical discussions as we do in college and, you know, listening to John Coltrane's A Love Supreme and, you know, having feelings. And um, (laughs) so I got the feeling there was something bigger than me. Still not would not use the God word. Um, you know, in my in my twenties, I, I don't know. I just I don't know if it was in, if I believed in intuition. Um, I knew I didn't have all the answers. Um, when I came in. And again, I did yoga and, and some meditate, a little bit of meditation before coming in. Um, so I did sort of turn my mind over to that. Um, but when I came in, my sponsor had me write out like a definition of God for step two and then read that every morning and just basically act as if. Um, and so that's what I did. And the longer I've I worked the program and the more I don't know I just started sort of training myself to recognize you know God to call um, I put that in quotes um, by the way (laughs) people listening to call you know my my experience at the farmers market last weekend to call to call those things um, God, because left to my own devices, I'm not getting out of bed. I'm tired. It's not gonna. There's not gonna be any good fruit there today. You know, blah blah, whatever. Um, so when I use the tools, when I do the work, I see results. I, I, I you know, and then they're 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 stacking up, you know, over a decade, and and it's like, oh oh yeah, I am taken care of. God is working in my life, um, you know, and and God to me is also clearly the natural world. I have zero control over that, and it's amazing. Um, so I guess that's it. Yes. Um, that is a great question that unfortunately my answer to is no. Um, the, the, the question was if, if I've done specific inventories like a fear inventory or a sex inventory. And when people talk about that, I, I always think, oh, that's fascinating. I would like to do one of those, but I have yet to do that. So I have no experience with that. Thank you. <laughs> um, so you talked about, like, last week, um, you don't like to go to work. You want to go to work early because you don't like crowds, which sounds like to me an acceptance of who you are at a different time. Do you ever start beating yourself up by what like, I should be more in the company and handle crowds? 
Okay, so the question was, um, when I was talking about the farmer's market, um, I, you know, it seems like I've accepted the fact that I don't like crowds, so that's why I need to go at 8 a.m. And are there times when I beat myself up over being that kind of a person who, who doesn't like crowds, for, for example? Um, uh, yes, up until this past year, there was a lot of that. And that's part of where my other program came in, um, because I would use those things to try to be more like other people and fit in, instead of just accepting, you know, I'm a person that is not really comfortable in crowds, and um, I'm a person that prefers one-on-one -on -one dinner dates to going to a big party. You know, I don't. I don't do fellowship in my programs because I'm not really comfortable sitting with a big group of people. I'd rather pick out the people that I'm comfortable with and do fellowship with them. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and just like, you know, there's millions of us compulsive overeaters, you're not alone. People listening, you're not alone, even if you're home alone right now. Um, there's millions of people like me. You know, and the more I talk about it and accept it, it's like, yeah, that's totally fine. I'm enough being like this. Um, but yeah, it's, it's taken a long time and a lot of work uh, to, to get here. Yeah. Okay, so my relationship to family prior to program and how that may have changed. Um, I'm very lucky to have um, a small, loving family. And um, I felt unconditionally loved. And... Um, Uh, God, how has it changed? That's such a tough question because I feel like some of the changing has to do with just growing up. Um, I, I, this, this, the stuff I judge my family for, I now see, I see that stuff more in me as well. So, um, my my brother and my niece and nephew live up in Oregon and no one has a comfortable place for me to stay when I visit and my brother used to live in Northern California and he had a big house and it was so easy to go visit and now it's really difficult because I have to I tried staying in an office slash guest bedroom and um, I didn't feel like I had enough privacy. I had to share a bathroom with the family. And, um, you know, I'm used to my two hours Stations of the Cross in the morning, you know. <laughs> and I, I'm not, you know, interacting with people right away is, is not my jam. And I've learned to accept that's who I am, so maybe I have to pay for a hotel. So anyway. And then, so, you know, 
why can't my, you know, 64-year-old brother who has a lot of money make a space for me? And, um, you know, and then it's like, I live in a one-bedroom apartment. And a couple years ago, I bought a condo in Palm Springs, and it's a studio. So, like, I can't even have my family come and stay with me in Palm Springs. They, you know, they got to sleep in my, on my couch. One person can sleep on my couch in L.A., and basically we have to share a room in Palm Springs. So I don't have space for anybody either. Just because I'm the baby sister, you know, that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't get, get me off. Um, so I, I think that's what, what's helped is accepting more who I am and, and, and what my needs are. And then also um, accepting that, like, we really all have similar stuff. Um, and it is what it is. <laughs> and so how do I work with that? Thank you, Julia. In terms of your self-acceptance, has it ever been challenged by family members or friends in the terms of your accepting yourself exactly as you are? And perhaps somebody says, well, why aren't you married? Or don't you want to? Are you ever challenged by those kinds of uh, comments? And what do you do with that? Um, yeah, not that particular comment. Thank God. Um, part of that is probably because both of my parents are no longer alive. Um, grandparents gone too. Um, and my brothers, you know, one of my brothers has never been married. The other one, the 64-year-old, just got engaged to be married for the second time. Um, yeah, the focus, thankfully, is not on that in my family. But it comes up in other ways. Um, I didn't repeat the question, but hopefully it was heard. Um, so, for example, my family lives on a farm. And I don't have farm clothes, y'all. I'm a city girl. <laughs> so, sure, I can put an outfit together. But it's not real comfortable for me. I don't really like getting dirty. And um, I'm not a person, I'm not a camping person. Um, so, I've got, my family has made fun of me. And, you know, my niece and nephew call me, you know, like Sex and the City and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I, I have to, thank you, um, check in a little bit because I wish I could just go with the flow and go up there and fit right in. Um, but I don't exactly fit right in. Um, so it does take a little work. I'm, I'm fighting visiting them right now. And, you know, I'm asking, I'm asking God to help me with planning a visit um, because it takes me out of my comfort zone. Um, and there was going to be... Oh, and then I've had um, gentlemen callers um, <laughs> critique things about me. And... Um, in the past, that has been shattering, and um, it doesn't happen much anymore because there aren't many callers. Um, but when it does, I'm like, 
then you're not the one for me because I'm good. Um, so I guess I guess that answers. Maybe one more question. Yes. <laughs> My abstinence is um, no laxative use and um, no binging, which is weird and hard to describe because I think it's different for all of us. Um, you know, it's like finishing a whole container of something, a whole bag, a whole big bag of chips, not one of those little 99 cent bags, but like, um, you know, a whole container of crackers, um, that kind of thing. I still overeat. I'm, I'm dabbling with some stuff right now um, because of grief and fear and anger um, and um, so you know trying to use my tools and um, you know nothing is nothing is off limits for me um, so it's it, but it's but it's clear when um, when I'm walking around a market or when I buy uh, truffled Marcona almonds or, you know, certain things. It's like, oh, okay, something's going on. Um, so, I mean, I need this program so bad because, you know, we're eating all the time. Um, and um, I'm just, I'm really grateful I can recognize when I'm full now. And it's very rare that I feel like really gross and cramped and bloated and uncomfortable. Um, and I eat three meals a day. Um, I, I, there has to be a breakfast um, and it never used to look like that. Um, and generally I don't eat after 10 p.m. You know, there's all these little little tricks and tools. Um, I guess that's it. Thank you.